Yo creo que si me conocieras sabrías que la muerte es mi pan y el peligro mi mantequilla. No, el peligro es mi pan y la muerte es mi mantequilla. No, no, espera. El peligro es mi pan, la muerte, no, la muerte. No, perdón, la muerte es... La muerte y el peligro son mis varios panes y mantequilla. So I'm mean, going to ask you this before, yeah. and you didn't really give me a good answer, but so I'm okay. going to ask uh, Michelle and, and Andy, and Claire in the background, we'll shout it out. What was the first thing that you bought with money that you saved up because you specifically wanted to buy something? I remember buying an iPod Shuffle in fourth grade with my own money. How, how much did that set you back? A hundred dollars. Wow. How'd you get the money? Were you saving like holiday money, like birthday money? Yeah, probably. So you didn't go work for it? Well, I was 10. I don't know. Oh, yeah, there are child labor laws, Ben. <laughs> yeah, those don't cover like I mean, lawn mowing my, and raking yeah, leaves mom, and yeah, sho- paid snow me shoveling. For, like weeding the garden or something. It's a lot of weeding. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I like. Have you bought something, yet? Michelle? Have you been just I've given never, everything I've, all your I've life? I've never purchased anything <laughs> in people, my entire life. People have just given you everything. You've I'm ever just trying had. to think of like the first big thing, like a Nintendo DS. Oh, okay. That so, was Simon knows that, what that was in like middle school. Two DS or three DS. 3ds so that actually was like early high school yeah mine were my memories were from middle school like i remember in sixth grade Mm -hmm. buying a boom box it might have been comic books but i don't think that that was like was it black panther it was not black panther it was x-men comics it opened up last week week. and it was (laughs) so good do you know i uh i didn't save up for this but i i finally uh went for that movie pass thing have you heard of this that was that the first thing you bought (laughs) No, no, no. That's that's like the last thing I bought. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It's a it's a it's a sort of subscription service. You pay ten bucks a month, and you can see one movie a day. I, that would work for me. Yeah, I was trying to see a movie a day. Yeah, it's a movie. Well, like a theater movie a day. So go to a theater, see a movie. You only spend ten dollars, and you can see thirty movies. Yes, that is, or thirty one, or only twenty. Is it leap year? No. Okay, twenty eight this year, <laughs> this month. Um, yeah, you can see as you can see. Um, as many movies as you can in 30 Who sells days. Well, this? It's a place called Movie Pass. Essentially, what it does, I did not know this, so our listeners may be interested, although they probably won't. Essentially, it's just a debit card, and you go to the movie theater with the app. You say, I want to see this movie. They put the ticket amount on the debit card. You, you but buy Simon, your ticket. how can they afford it? Merchandising. <laughs> it's supposed to say volume. Oh, volume. <laughs> Also, they sell your information to uh, people to make money off. Do of they you, so. really? Oh yeah, that's ex- Wait, that's one hundred percent. I'm the, pr- I'm how the they product make- in this. Yeah, it turns oh. out when you're not paying a bunch of money for something, uh. you are the product. You know, they keep saying, "I thought this was different." <laughs> Rarely, <laughs> if ever. That wasn't was true when I bought my boombox in sixth grade. That's right. I was not the product. No, boombox was the, literally the boombox was yes, the product. And I had Thriller on cassette tape. No oh, good. I, I think I had that on vinyl. It's a good. Good album. Have you used your movie pass yet? I think it. No, I haven't. Well, <laughs> it's a good album. Are you endorsing it? No, I think it was underappreciated. <laughs> no, um, have I used my movie pass? Um, by the time that this comes out, yes, I will have used my movie pass. I hope I, I it's, it's in the mail. The, the card is actually in the mail. Why do you have to have a card? Because it's, it's a debit card. Oh, as in a, I thought it would just be like scanned on your phone. That's what I thought too, but it's a debit card. How are they going to sell your information if it's just a debit card? Uh, Michelle happens to know. I don't know. Michelle, how are they going to sell my information? Because they track what movies you've purchased, and so they use that to sell to advertisers. Can you answer for me, because I didn't have the time yet to look this up, sure. but the the ability of these companies to track and, and target our advertising is, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm aware of how profound it is, yeah. but I wasn't aware of exactly the degree to how profound it is, because they must use the whatever your location tracker on your phone, because mm-hmm. we were... Uh, I was I was out with the kids a couple weekends ago, and we stopped at like a lens crafter, good store, just to check out glasses. Friend of the show, <laughs> yeah, friend of the show. They were really nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll be future guests. Do you want them to sponsor? Yes, please. I right. think that's a big lens crafter. Uh, yeah, a lot of us have glasses. So yeah. Anyway, this isn't good. a big story. It's just that the next day, I think ninety percent of the ads on on my computer were all for sun, for glasses. Oh glasses. sure. That's terrifying. When, was, when when did you get those? Those are nice glasses. These I, we talk about this on the show. These are a couple years old. These, These are Warby Parkers. I just got I just got some Warby Parkers. I'm wearing them right now. I don't like the Warby Parkers. Really? I've been trying to get rid of them. That's why I went to Lenscrafter. Why Why didn't you like Warby Parkers? Because <laughs> they're plastic and they fall off, and I can't get them to stay. They're plastic and they fall off. Yeah, they're not good in the summer. Why don't you get one of those? I can't I can't get them tightened, and don't try to oh 
try to take Warby Parkers to a lens crafter. See how they're going to react to that. <laughs> I don't think they'll react well. <laughs> they're not happy. No, they do not like that. <laughs> or all of this. Out Anyways, of this? did everybody else know this? What's how, that? How was it selling me ads to eyeglasses? Because I just happened to be in an uh, eyeglass store. Like it. it did could, you, did you, you search buy, for directions? Did you buy no. anything? No, I didn't buy anything. I didn't uh. use my phone. I just had it. I, and I did nothing uh, else. I didn't search online. I mean, it has been two years since I was like Googling for glasses or Warby Parker. I don't know. Maybe it did find you by location. Well, I want to introduce everyone to episode 106 Six of Various Breads and Butters. Uh... I'm Simon Portmantona. With me, as always, is Ben Brickhouse-Cohen. Out in the studio, we have our producer, Michelle-Poulton-Simon. There's a gaggle of people out there. Yeah, well, 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 well why don't you introduce the people out there? In addition to Michelle-Poulton-Simon, mm-hmm. there's uh, Ben Sesame Street Gordon. Mm-hmm. Gang, gang. There is Andy Star Student Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You, Was I gonna, supposed to say something? Yeah, like that. You're supposed to say, yes, I'm here. Hi, mm-hmm. I'm this here. This is the check-in. Yeah. Present. Exactly. We'll I can edit sure. around that. Yeah. And then uh, we have uh, in a uh, silently, yeah, in the wings, in the shadows, shadows. Claire, uh, I guess we don't have a nickname for Claire Swanson. Oh, Swanson, they make do they make soups. She doesn't want that. She's okay, had that sorry. her whole life. Okay. Not soups, but like TV dinners. TV dinners. That's right. <laughs> don't do. Don't pen down on her. Do we ha- Do do they know about TV dinners? Is that yeah. is that a thing? Okay, well, they well, call them iPhone dinners we'll, now. We'll, we'll figure it out. Can I chime in and just say you that can say, I used yes. to have TV dinners every Sunday for many, many years. Now, what Now, what kind? I think they were Swanson yeah. often. The person who is describing Swanson dinners right now is uh, the director for special collections and college archives at Lafayette College, Diane Shaw. Diane, how are you doing? I am fine, and I'm really happy to be here with you guys. Hi, are you, are you happy? Are you happy that I got your title right, correct? I am. That, I and am. that is correct, and right? And that is correct. You mm. got it exactly. And you're the director for special collections. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> See, I am. I got all that. Uh, I uh, we had we had a little bit of a disagreement in the uh, in the mailbag that um, I did mistakenly call was, you the college. This was artist. noted on the last episode. This was noted, um, and. Uh, but uh, now I know that it is mm-hmm. not not the case. That's right. Um, you did not bring the sword. I did not bring the sword. You you didn't ask for no. the sword. You usually have to ask for the sword in the time. You really should ask for the sword whenever anyone comes on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> there's a they make there's a big deal mm-hmm. about Lafayette's sword for our listeners. Yes, yes, for our listeners, mm-hmm. Lafayette. The mar- our, our college is named after the Marquis de Lafayette. Correct. Which for some time I was confused because people would always say go uh, one of the buildings here is Marquis Hall and we have Marquis Scholars and I couldn't connect the word and I thought it was like a like a theater Marquis mm-hmm. like uh, and it wasn't it was the Marquis de Lafayette ha- have you been able to connect Gilbert's to Lafayette I have, I have not Gilbert Gilbert <laughs> right was his name of oh. all of his seven or eight first names which I could probably give you Ooh. Um, Gilbert is the name he was most known by. He went by with his friends. Gil. Um, Marie, Joseph, uh, Paul, Eve, Roche, Gilbert, Demotier, the Marquis. Did he have to have extra room on his credit cards? (laughs) They must have been very wide, I would have thought. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Driver's Mm -hmm. license. Mm-hmm. I think um, that the fill-in forms then had like 12 boxes. Yeah, I think so. Well, why Why would he have had so many names? Um, well, he was named after, as somebody said once, a half a dozen Catholic saints. Wow. So I think that was Just what they did. Just to be safe, maybe. This, yeah. was, this was common in 18th century France? It was, very. Okay. For marquis. How do you get to be a marquis? Uh, you are born into it. Mm-hmm. So it's too late, kind of too late for us at this point. I know. And he had yeah. a sword. And he had a sword. And we we have an actual sword. Wow. That belonged to him. And, and you know, the sword was out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was entertaining a, a young um, a History Day student from middle school okay. who was probably more knowledgeable about the Marquis de Lafayette than wow. I was. I wouldn't She think was so. so great. She was with her mother, and her mother allowed as how. Her daughter was so into history that her Christmas list was resembled that of a fifty-year-old man's mm, Christmas okay. list, <laughs> okay. <laughs> which I just loved. Where this this, this girl is a girl to watch. Where yes. did she come from? Um, the Philadelphia area. Okay. Huh. Now, now, I've never actually 
seen the the sword up close. Is it in pretty good condition? It's in beautiful condition. And there's a a little thing I do with the sword um, Mm -hmm. when I bring it out. Um, I explain its history, which is really quite quite fascinating. Um, And then I challenge the lookers to um, tell me why this, this sword was was taken from Lafayette when he was captured mm-hmm. um, during the French Revolution. He was captured by the Habsburg Austrians and Prussians and mm-hmm. put into prison for five years. And at the end of that time, all of his possessions were to return to him, but not this sword. Oh. And I tell people that you can f- look at the sword and there's a physical clue that tells you why these enemies of France did not return this sword mm. to Lafayette. And we would obviously know that if we saw it in front of us right you, now. I'm sure you would. She would be trying to guess I'm, right I'm now? Sure yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think we can without seeing can't, it. You can't without yeah. seeing oh. it, but I will tell you that... Is it like a secret chamber? Um, no, but it's it's something very, um, very visible on the sword, and I tell you who answered it right away without any problem. The high school what, student? What, what, high school student. <laughs> students from France. Mm. Um, American students can't really answer it because they don't know the iconography. The tip Mm -hmm. of the sword, the pommel, Mm -hmm. is a liberty cap. It's a Phrygian cap, the bonnet rouge. It's the symbol of the French Revolution. Therefore, it is a revolutionary sword. And those captors were not about to return it. Not a fan of that. Um, Not about to. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was the sword passed down in the family of a Prussian officer. Officer. And in 1932, a baroness from that family came to Lafayette College, and in our chapel, she presented the sword to the college. She said, I, a German, give the sword of a Frenchman to an American college. Wow. May we all continue to live together in peace and harmony. That's and you know very what nice. Happened. That was 1932. Mm-hmm. So that whole thing was on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Anyway, the sword is really a great artifact. Um, and it was yeah. now was the sword actually used in combat? Yes, yeah, it got blood on it. You know, well, it, I'm, I didn't try to ask that. I'm just well, saying, I mean, was well, it I used? think we're all thinking it. No, we are. Those are great questions. Thank and you. I don't know <laughs> the answer. It it it, and I really do need to have someone who really understands the sword. It is a three edged. Well, at one point I thought was called an epee, but okay. I've been told that's not right. Um, but it's it's got three edges, which I understand is really wicked because it cuts a hole in people Ooh. and it doesn't heal. No. It can't heal. Like so if it has the three edges, I would almost think that it was meant to do something. Yes, I would unpleasant. think so. Okay. Ooh, it is he? unpleasant. Now, now was, ha, is, it, is the sword actually sharp? Have you felt the it's blade? It's very sharp. Okay. It's very do you, you, so do you have to keep sharpening it? <laughs> No, we don't. We keep trying to make it less sharp. No, (laughs) Um, everyone has to wear wear gloves, and that's what why we have that. What may look like silliness at Mm -hmm. the convocation or commencement, but um, I thought that was just like regular archive stuff. Yeah, I think I think a sword from the 1800s. um, Well, yes, but. But, but the reason really is because the sword is made of metal, mm-hmm. and metal is very susceptible to degradation from the oils in your hands. Sure. There are debates about gloves in archives. You may not realize it, but um, some people come and they say, you're letting me look at that book, and I don't have to wear gloves. Okay. And we say, no, we only require gloves with two types of things, metal objects and photographs, where you can leave a thumbprint on the emulsion. Other things, if you put on gloves, you become so clumsy that oh. you do more damage turning pages with gloves. That's it. I was going to ask, like, what, like, what is the problem with gloves? But there is, there <laughs> that, is actually there is a problem. That. And there's a debate. You okay. know, not everyone agrees. Now, mm-hmm. before we move on, I wanted to ask yes. our intern, mm-hmm. uh, Star Student Mitchell, who is a accomplished, oh award-winning <laughs> fencer. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's right. Do you work with three-edged bladed? Are you familiar with the sword because of your sword prowess? I don't think she's actually hurt anybody or killed anybody with her fencing. Yeah, or have you, Andy? that's not actually the goal. That's not the goal. I, I think I knew that. <laughs> I thought Sometimes the only... happens. Uh, but is it three-edged? Yeah. Sure, How many sure? edges? No, because you, you're not really supposed to break the skin with, you know, modern sport fencing. <laughs> but, I mean, Did the Marquis came to play. Like, mm-hmm. he's supposed to it hurt seems, people. It mm-hmm. seems like the fencing team would have a tour of the sword. Does fencing have a Twitter account? Yeah. 
Hey, well, if, we need to get them to follow. Hey, fencers, if you're out there. Once invited the fencing instructor to come and see the sword, mm-hmm. and and he came. This was years ago, and he held it and and he said, "Oh, it is perfectly balanced. I could fence all day with it." Wow. And then I had to say, "He's not allowed not to do that. Nope, you no. can't do that. It's too dangerous. It doesn't have that little tip on the end, the little safety cap." Safety. I think. Yeah, that's what that is. That's what fencers have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those weird masks too. It's like they're beekeepers. Should we back out of this? Let's, let's back out. We'll get back, let's back to it. Back out. So, We're going to so, return to the sword probably the whole time. So, Diane, you mentioned you had been at Lafayette College for 30 years. Is I that have. correct? It's 33 now. 33 years. It's the mid-80s. Okay. Um, and, so, and so where were you coming from? I came most recently from a, a part-time position at Lehigh, which, oh, okay. I, well, which I got when I came to the Lehigh Valley okay. in, in the early 80s. Um, but I left a, a job that I loved to to marry my husband and mm-hmm. who was teaching at Cedarcrest mm-hmm. and um, I had been um, working at the special collections of Emory University which was my alma mater okay. and that's where I got all my training and went to library school there as mm-hmm. well. Are you from Georgia? I'm from Tennessee. What made you want to get into um, Ar- li- librarying yeah. and archiving? Well, you the know, archiving arts. It had everything arts. to do with those those student jobs. Yes. Um, so I was a library student assistant. I mm-hmm. probably worked in every department at Emory's Library, and then got ended up up in the top um, yep. with special collections and fell in love with it. Yeah. Absolutely. What kind of things did they have at Emory that were that some of the most interesting things? Well, they had really interesting things. They had a pair of Robert E. Lee socks. Whoa. Um, um, he wore socks. They were in good, good <laughs> condition. Isn't, aren't um, the, isn't the Coca-Cola stuff there? Coca-Cola money is <laughs> largely what's funding Emory. And in fact, I had the misfortune to leave Emory just after the largest gift in higher education was given to the university. What was the gift? Um, the gift at the time was a hundred plus million dollars, but at in, you know in 1980 it was it was That'll huge. That'll buy a lot of archives. It will, and that and they've bought a lot of archives with it. In fact, I did get to work with one of the very first collections that was purchased, and that was Letters of William Butler Yeats. Okay, and that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. From an archivist perspective, what is your like? Holy Grail, and you can't say Holy Grail. What is <laughs> what is an archivist's Holy Grail? Would you say? Do you mean a Holy Grail in terms of what you would like to have, or what, or or the best thing you've got? Uh, I'm going to say what you would like to have, like what you would, what would like, you like to, to be in charge of. Oh, I don't know if you'd like to be in charge of at least as much as just like to see yourself as as an archivist. I, I'm going to go through all of them. You pick, you pick whatever, how you, however you want to interpret. Wow, that's that's a challenging question. I mean, there are so many marvelous things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that what Emory did in a large scale is a little bit of what I've tried to do here on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. and that is um, superb collections, and that's Emory um, on the African American experience, sure. on the Black experience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, literature, uh, literary collections. Yeah. Um, we don't have great literary collections, but we've been collecting artist books that mm-hmm. are literary broadsides, literary broadsides. Things that are visual and literary are things I adore. Sure. Uh, are are there? Is it? What are the growth fields like? What's changing in the field of archival of arch, archiving? Yeah, I think that's the archival ar- arts. Ar- it could be archivery. Which archivery. Um, that's I not think a that's real sort word. Of British. Okay. Archivery. Um, a lot has changed, and the the people come. In fact, in my era, you did not even there weren't even programs to train archivists. Mm-hmm. You were sort of expected um, early on to just get a PhD in history, and then go to work um, at the National Archives. In, I would say in the 70s and 80s, we began to see the proliferation of programs for archivists, usually tied to library programs, library schools, um, uh, but not all. Some are lodged in history departments mm-hmm. in ac- academe. Um, but uh, the vast majority have been in, in library schools. And so the real change is, of course, the digital Revolution, which it tr- you know, sure. you know it truly is, and the need to learn how to care for records um, that are born digital. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a word that Charlotte used, born digital. That mm-hmm. that things that you don't have to scan, things that you don't that just are born digital. Right. I didn't realize that was a thing. What about like uh, the the changes in what's physically collected? So part of it is like there's museums, there's archives. I also don't know the difference between an archive and a special collection. Is a special collection 
the, a subset of archives, or is that a whole different thing? You know, it can vary, but um, I would say a general, a good rule of thumb is that a special collections usually encompasses more than just archives. It would have a large, rare, probably large rare book collection. Sometimes there are distinctions made between manuscript collections and archives, mm-hmm. archives being the records of an institution, um, manuscripts being the personal papers of someone. So like Fonzie's jacket is not in an archive, but it's in a special collection. Um, yes, and that, that gets us into the whole three-dimensional object thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which Can't often, those. Often, <laughs> often is the purview of museums, but but of course, we have ended up with like a, sword. a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. a, and and for the Marquis de Lafayette, we specialize in objects, primarily souvenirs um, from his farewell tour of America. Okay. But we also have college artifacts, three-dimensional yes. objects, and lots of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do deal in three-dimensional objects. Now, what is, I'm going to ask you two questions. What is something of the Marquis that you don't have in your collection that you would like to have? And I don't know if, if you're sort of tipping your hand in case you would like to get that now. It's supposed to be a secret? Yeah, I don't know if it's a secret, but uh, the price goes up when Diane says she really wants this um, object. But what would be a Marquis de Lafayette thing? Again, you you make the presumption that someone would hear this? Yeah, that's true. That's not not going to happen. Well, this is a little bit off the wall, but I think that's acceptable here. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yes. I was once shown an artifact owned by a historical society somewhere in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. That was the most amazing thing I had ever seen, and I have wanted it ever since. It, I I can't. It's been so long now. I was thinking about it the other day. Mm -hmm. It's a, a figure, um, a carving of, of of a person. But then you open the front of it, the I guess the torso, yeah. and inside is a tableau about the Marquis de Lafayette. Weird. I know. It's who, the wildest thing it? I've ever seen. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've forgotten Did a lot about it. Did you ask that high school it. girl? Maybe she knows. <laughs> she probably does. Do you want us to, like, pull some sort of heist <laughs> and steal it? I think we could do that. No, no, no. We've no. got... We can, I thought we just say pull some strings and see if we can get access oh, to it. Oh, no. I think a heist would be better. <laughs> I, I need to find my record about you know we are often told about a number oh, of sure. things and we we you know we get some wacky yeah. some wacky things um, coming our way you must have to turn a lot of things down too yeah, is this like do you get called is this a daily thing or you know i would say it's at least weekly if not more frequent now are you the ultimate decider for that I probably am the ultimate decider for that. Mm-hmm. One of the kind of wonderful thing about Lafayette artifacts from the farewell tour is they often come like, you know, on a piece of paper. There are pieces of hair pasted to the paper with, wow. little, you know, straight pins with a note that say this this was, you know, was held by the Marquis de Lafayette. We, we do have things in our collection that people were wearing when they met him. I actually, actually love those. Oh, wow. We have a shoe buckle that some, and I like the fact that we have their male and female art- artifacts yeah. that this guy was wearing when he met Lafayette. We have pieces of a ball gown and hair combs that were worn by um, the wife of a U.S. representative in New York at a Lafayette ball that she wore to a Lafayette ball. We have so things like that. His This for farewell tour was 1820s? It sure was, 1824-25. What a coincidence that Lafayette College named itself. Lafayette College soon after the farewell tour. Yes, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. In the, in the last episode, uh, Mayor Panto was here, and he just mentioned in passing, like, it's interesting, unique relationship because the town actually founded the college. And I would imagine that anybody who's not here, and maybe some people who are here, don't struggle to understand why it's called Lafayette College. And it was after that that uh, tour in the 1820s that they were inspired by mm-hmm. his, by his what? By his sword? Lafayette, I dare say, was the greatest, he may well have been the greatest visitor America ever had. Mm-hmm. And it, certainly for the 19th century, he was the man. Yeah. And people were just berserk mm-hmm. over Lafayette. And this Easton citizens, 200 of them, went down the Delaware in Durham boats to see Lafayette when he got to Philadelphia in September of 1824. Yeah. And then um, it was that December that they gathered at Chippy White's Tavern downtown mm-hmm. to decide to found a college. So, it yeah. feels like, compared to some of his some of the, the his other um, people that he was around, Washingtons and 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 so on and so forth, he so has. Can you actually name a so on? Probably and so forth? A, probably a, just Washington. There was a Jefferson probably somewhere back there. There's Adamses. 
I think. Um, <laughs> I, I, I only became an American recently, Diane, so I can't name That's all of them. That's right. You are a Canadian. Um, or you are an American I, 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 now. I just became I one. What happened? <laughs> what what happened? Because it, it feels like knowledge of Lafayette, his name, everything, it, it got less and less as time. Until Sarah Vallow came along. Until Sarah Vallow, until mm-hmm. Hamilton mm-hmm. came along. But, oh, but yeah, Hamilton. Until, until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Thought um, of. I think, you know, time marched on mm-hmm. and the people who thought that Lafayette was the greatest visitor we ever had passed passed away mm-hmm. and it's hard to I think hand all that down although a lot of it was handed down mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you one place that you know you can see the effects of that change um, when Lafayette was founded we used the prevailing 19th century image of Lafayette as our seal mm-hmm. and that that image was of the old man with a cane but by the end of the century people were not remembering the old man with the cane and they were going back and remembering the young man with the sword, really. And so our seal, uh, the image on our seal changed in 1907 to reflect the younger Lafayette, Mm -hmm. um, the Lafayette I think that the college wanted to connect to because he was the age of our sophomores when he (laughs) came. And that's the profile image that that we have even now? Mm -hmm. It's the one that we have. Can I ask you one mm-hmm. one last question on the archive and the special collections? So I, I would assume that we have the largest set of archives with respect to the college that anyone has because of course we do. But what about for Lafayette himself? Are are, are we yeah. at the top? No, we're not. No. Although we have some really important strengths. Sure. And our collection is distinguished in a couple of ways. One it is distinguished because it is the repository of 149 of the original letters that Lafayette wrote to George Washington. And that doesn't get much more stellar than that. Yeah. That, that is a remarkable group of, of materials. Mm-hmm. So we have these original letters. Um, in it are letters that were written with a secret code between La- Lafayette and Washington. Wow. There are letters. Um, there's a letter jointly written by Alexander Hamilton and mm-hmm. Lafayette to Washington when they were both young aides-de-camp to mm-hmm. Washington. Uh, Lafayette's actually asking for drink for his men, and Hamilton's asking for axes. Mm. Um, That's all you need, really. that, <laughs> <laughs> Strong drink and an axe. Mm-hmm. Um, the earliest letters we have date from Valley Forge in 1777, and wow. we have the letter where Lafayette is assuring Washington that he support he is behind him because mm-hmm. Washington is being challenged by the Conway Cabal. That, mm-hmm. You know, where some some of the officers wanted to put Gates in charge instead of Washington. And Lafayette writes, I am now fixed to your fate and I will guard it as well with my my sword as with my my voice. And then we have two of the great letters. Two of the great letters in American history are in that group. Mm. One is the letter um, written in 1783 that tells Washington that the preliminary peace treaty has been signed that will end the American Revolution. And Lafayette hired the fastest ship he could find to send this letter to Washington. And he also wrote to Jay and to Hamilton and others at the same time to give them the news. But in the middle of this eight-page letter where Lafayette is saying, you know, it is so wonderful that our noble ends have been secured. I'm going to tell my grandchildren I was served with you. That's the letter in which he proposes an experiment to free slaves. Mm. He wants Washington to join him in an experiment to free slaves. That's just a remarkable letter. And then the final letter, the one that's most well-known, is the letter that transmitted to Washington the key to the Bastille that hangs at Mount Vernon. So these are some pretty heady letters. That's pretty good. So now I'll ask the other question. What's what are you most uh, excited by? That's not La- the Marquis de Lafayette related of all the things that we have. You know, I guess what's been most meaningful to me has been the ability to learn to to sort of help uncover the stories of the number of African American students who were at Lafayette during the first decade and a half. Mm-hmm. Their stories were virtually hidden. Um, we didn't know know these things. So a lot of work has been done on that, um, particularly on the Donnas um, who came to Lafayette as slaves. But there are other other students who were with us as well. Uh, In many instances, they were supposed to be trained to go to Liberia. They were to be educated to go and be missionaries in Liberia. You know, you never know. You know, we we worked really hard for the last couple of decades to kind of try to identify these students and learn what we could about them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this past summer, I got an an email from a, a scholar who was at Colgate asking me, um, 
asking me about several of those students, but then telling me that he wanted to know what he, who he really wanted to know about was um, Henry L. Valentine. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm, I'd really like to know about him, too. Who is he? <laughs> and it turns out this is an 11th student. We had identified 10. Oh. This is an 11th student who was here probably the second earliest after Aaron Hoff, who okay. was in the first class. Wow. Um, and that student found it so inhospitable here that he um, he ended up going to Oberlin instead, oh, where they treated him much better. But we didn't know about these much about these students until the last few decades. We don't. They're not in the database. We don't, I can't find their transcripts. Right. <laughs> yeah. Many, several of them aren't in our records. Mm-hmm. We've had to learn about them in other ways. So, do you get upset at the um, the college archivists from the 1830s for not uh, keeping those records? <laughs> no. Yeah. Now, now we we had a lot of African American students in the very beginning, but then there was a, a gap there for a while. There what? was basically a 100 year gap. Yeah. As and far as I can tell. Do we know about that? Do we know what was the circumstances behind that? Um, you know, I, I think it's that we were racist. Okay. I think that's basically <laughs> the circumstance. Well, you heard it here. Um, Scoop. You know, war. I have I have been sort <laughs> of... Did you say <laughs> worse? That's <laughs> oh, oh, right. Coming back from ben, the past. We're going to cut that out. Yeah, yeah, gonna, okay. His records are going to be expunged. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, for a long time, worried about saying that I didn't think we had another African-American student for 100 years. But... I kept saying it. So sure. I was expecting someone to contradict me. I was yeah. I was hoping mm-hmm. someone would say, "Oh, that's not true." Sure. You know, there there certainly was uh, an African American student and and you know there are weird things. There're like photos the 1893 football team has a black player standing in the back row enigmatically holding a water jug but wearing a, le- a leather sweater. Okay. And there're 20 names on the team and 21 people in the image. So <sighs> there're just strange things yeah. like this that yeah, yeah. we can't ex- explain and you have to think about why did we have have the students in the first place That's, too yes. and i you know I, I don't know all the answers to that i think some of it was financial we you know we were receiving money for training these students and we okay. desperately needed the money okay. but I, I think also a lot of you know our first president was a committed committed to the colonization movement mm-hmm. and so i think there's a, there's a lot of that in the story as well yeah, very interesting Diane? Yes. Um, We also wanted to ask more about your background, not just about the college. uh, And we'll begin that by talking about music. We have our standard 10, 20, 30 question. People have a lot of different views on the 10, 20, 30 question. Sometimes, I won't name any names, but Mm -hmm. I've had conversations with those who really disagree with people. And I'm not sure how you disagree with somebody's musical musical taste. Okay. Uh, sometimes they get really excited. Just be very careful, Dan, when you give these answers. <laughs> but usually they're very uh, enlightened and, and surprised to see how it changes and that it's not um, it's not predictable. Mm-hmm. Despite my claims of, I, I do think we if we go back to our own database, we can archive this. When will we be archived? Oh, we're digi- we're born digital. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we got it on the server somewhere. Uh, the the standard being that uh, often uh, somebody's favorite music at ten is related to whatever the parents were listening to. Often, not always. At twenty, it's it's in the heart of college transformative experiences. And thirty is probably the most variation, where it's either an extension or a continuation of college listening, or it's a complete break, or it's the music that people still listen to, no matter how old they are. We don't want to lock you in on this, Diane. So I'm just recapping the the legacy of yeah, okay. the question. Diane, at age ten, what was your favorite music or band or artist? You know, I was worried about this question, these oh, questions, because I f- feel like I don't really have, you know, my musical tastes are probably not as developed as they should or oh. should be. We get that I, answer a lot. Too. We get that answer a Do lot. You? Oh uh, yeah. Well, gosh, at ten, it's a really hard to. Um, so where were you? You were in Tennessee. Okay. It would have been the early '60s, mm-hmm. and I would have been in Tennessee. Okay. Um, no so music. Pre Dolly Parton. <laughs> it, it's it's just a couple of years before the. Beatles. Okay. And okay. you know that That's they came out right about when I was 11 or mm-hmm. so. So maybe I'll fudge and that say you can and fudge. of course Absolutely. I loved them. Okay. Now Ed now do you remember them on the Ed Sullivan show of and all that I stuff? Of course I remember them on the Ed was Sullivan. Was the Grand show. Old Aubrey a thing back then? Well, it was a thing and you know um, if you switched on the TV in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, you'd get like Dolly Dolly Parton and Porter Wagner and mm-hmm. all kinds of other delights. Um, Who's the one with the tag in her hat? 
Minnie Pearl. Minnie Pearl. She wasn't. She was a comedian, wasn't she? I don't well, know. she was a. Wasn't she related she, to Grand Old Opry? She was a singer. Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I have actually been to the Opry there, but I wasn't. That wasn't exactly my my taste. Okay, but but the Beatles. We'll we'll, we'll stick to the Beatles for right. ten. Okay, now twenty. You're in college. And twenty. You're at so Emory at this I'm point. I'm at Emory, okay. and they're, you know, that, um, I'm, I'm actually the exact same age as the first class of women at Lafayette, oh, wow. which is really oh, nice right. because I can really identify with what they were, yeah. were doing and how they were wearing their hair and what they were listening to. Mm. And, you know, I remember things like the Moody Blues and things like that were, um, what else? The Beatles were still, the White Album had just come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were always playing that at the Varsity um, every time you went. <laughs> I'm making local Atlanta references. You are making like local Atlanta references. Very, very, very good. good food. The varsity. Yeah, yeah. A lot of hot yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. And how about 30? And 30, I probably had moved into liking jazz. Okay. And Specific you know, I'm pretty eclectic. Yeah. Pretty eclectic sure. taste today. Yeah. But, yeah. Was there a particular jazz artist? Well, you know, I always loved Miles Davis and, you know, the greats. I've Ruby Hancock yep. and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Chick Corea. Mm-hmm. Wait, who am I not thinking of? He's from Allentown. Um, uh, not Billy Joel. Mm-mm. No, he's not from Allentown. Who's Keith Unless it's Jarrett. Rick Brown. Keith Jarrett. Keith Jarrett. Okay. He has Jarrett some album. kind of Allentown connection. Okay. Jazz is still a big part of your music. I, I still really like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have a sister who is a jazz vocalist. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now, where is she? Well, she's just moved to North Carolina. Mm, good state. Texas. Yeah. Good. She's hoping for much better things. <laughs> she was actually in Beaumont, which was completely flooded. And, oh, know, okay. Well, I think that leads us to a quiz that we've prepared Okay. with great diligence and um, astute archival work. We will collaborate on taking a quiz. Mm-hmm. Are the interns ready and prepared? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so prepared. Super <laughs> excited. So who's out there? Yeah, roll call. Ben. Michelle. Andy. All right, is Claire watching or did she leave? She's listening. Okay. All right, Claire. She waved, which translates really well to an audio podcast. Yep. Okay, here's the, the real or not quiz. Mm-hmm. Um, are these weird libraries or not? Weird libraries? Weird libraries. No, who's judging this? Off the this? beat libraries. Who's judging this? You'll just play along. <laughs> okay. What uh-huh. do you mean who's judging? I'm judging it. Oh, God. There are a set of odd libraries. Okay. Or interesting. I say odd, quirky, interesting libraries. Okay. Throughout the world. So the first one, the mic check question. Got so it. you know. Okay. Got um, it. Are those little libraries that are all over town? <laughs> are those real or not? <laughs> those little libraries those that are all over town. Those pint ones. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are kind of weird. Do you agree? Yeah, it's true. I don't know if they're like... They are definitely... This works out. ...a thing and probably weird. Yeah. Yeah. So Simon says, yes. Yes. Uh, Michelle, Andy, Ben, what do you say? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, real. Okay, they're weird. Uh, are they real or not? They are real. They are yes. real. They're absolutely real. So what's the deal with them? I don't know. They're kind of fun. That's a recent innovation, it's a, right? a recent little phenomenon. I happen to have one at uh, my house backs onto a small park, and mm-hmm. there's one right right in the back there. But I've never actually taken out a book or replaced it with another book, which is what the point is. What if there's an original rare book in there? You should really go through that (laughs) every day just to make sure someone doesn't. There's one in the park in front of my house. There's usually a lot of Danielle Steele. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So here's the second question, which is probably the first real question. Real Because we all knew that one. Yes. Real or not. Is there a camel library in Kenya? Where they deliver books by camel. Is there a camel library? It's like in the Kenya? bookmobile, but with camels. Okay, so it's it's not it's not going to be in, in another country that's not Kenya. No, that's not the trick. That's here. not the trick. I think camels are pretty good beasts of burden, and so I think that I yes, always like how you puzzle through these. Delivering books seems like right up a camel's alley, and they got they can put them right between the humps. So yes, in Kenya, what do, what do we think out there? First thing that comes to mind. Sure. I think yes. That seems like a weird thing to make up. (laughs) Okay. That does seem like a weird thing to make up. But the whole quizzes are a weird thing to make up. You never know. Diane, what do you think? Are there camel libraries? I'm just suspicious. Mm, You should be. I'm thinking maybe that it is not real. It is real. It okay. is real. There is camel right. delivery service and in Kenya. And now we need to consider it for Lafayette Wait, but College. is that the only way the books are delivered to this library? No, but it is one oh, that exists. That's what you made it seem. <laughs> like, we only accept books if they're delivered here by camel. <laughs> How did exactly. I make it seem that way? It seemed a little like that. Well, in okay. keeping with this, okay. is there something called the Biblioborough in rural Columbia where they deliver books by donkey? Oh, the bit. Wait. the Oh, burrow. The Biblioborough. The Biblioborough. Burrow is. Oh. <laughs> That would that, that seems like too good of like a uh, like a portmanteau to not. Di- I gotta say yes. I'm gonna say yes. What do we think out there? 
Because you think I couldn't make that up. Not, no, God, no. I'm going to say no, because I feel like it's too good to exist. Too good to exist. Well, I think yes. Thank okay. you, Quizmaster. Ben? Um, no. Okay, what do you think, Diane? Biblioboro in rural Columbia. No. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Wait, did I say yes? <laughs> she said yes. I'm so skeptical of everything. <laughs> That's the best way to approach these quizzes. Yeah, don't even worry. Is. Yeah, yeah. All right, don't worry. You'll, you'll get better at these. Okay. All right, the next one. Is there a swim-up library at Elbow Beach in Bermuda? A swim-up library. That seems... That seems like no, a liability. That seems like not a thing. Yeah, that seems like that wouldn't be a good thing. I'm going to say no. But books on like a camel or a, a donkey. I They can stay dry on the camels and donkeys. I'm, I, I think water is probably not a good thing for books. Diane, can you confirm? <laughs> I can confirm. Okay, she can confirm. I'm going to say no. What do you think out there? I think no. Yeah. I would really like it to be true. Maybe they laminate every page, but then they yeah, get really big. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. Or like magazines that they have enough copies of. <laughs> still, still. Yeah, as much as I want it to be true, I'm going to have to go now. Okay, Ben? Um, this retreat really got to me. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Diane? Swim up books. Oh, I feel like I've been so lucked into no that maybe I'll just... But if I say yes, it's probably not right. I'm going to say yes. It's no. Oh. <laughs> no. See, I'm batting whatever it is, the lowest average. Yeah. But yeah. in February, one's mind does often turn to the Caribbean. Yes, So it does. I was just imagining that that it would is. be nice. It would be. Well, I don't know if it would be. I think maybe lo- maybe doing two things separately, lounging in the water and then leaving the water and then reading I a mean, book. I mean, I think there would be some kind of barrier where it would... It would keep the books drier or have a protective cover. Like a plexiglass thing? Like a salad yeah. bar type of deal? <laughs> yeah. So okay, I'll invent that. Like Someone a sneeze invent guard. That. Yeah. Sneeze guard for swim of bars sure, for libraries. Okay. All right. Is there a scratch and sniff archive of Eindhoven in the Netherlands where books are organized by pallet? I got to say no. Especially scratch and sniff. Those things Those things stop smelling like anything real quick. That's what I was going to say. It just so, doesn't feel like it has the longevity that you right? want from yep. a library. And this one's called an archive. An archive, yeah. I think yes. I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say no. no. It's for uh, Molly no. and Andy Peter. Yes. Ask you, them. What's that? They're in the Netherlands. They are. Well, yeah, but do you think that they're an expert on scratch and sniff archives? I think they're an expert on everything in the Netherlands. Yeah, I think they probably are. What do you think, Ben? No. No. Dan, scratch and sniff. No. 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 It's no. a terrible idea. Not. Of course you wouldn't have scratch <laughs> Come and sniff on. libraries. Come that on, people. That of all of you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, the next one is uh, the Da Vinci Machiavelli Tag Team Arno River Archive mm-hmm. outside of Pisa. One more time. <laughs> da Vinci Machiavelli Arno River Archive outside of Pisa. I think they should focus if they do have it. So I'm going to say no just to say pick one. Also, was tag team a permanent part of that statement? or I just said that after the... Okay, because that, that changes my opinion. Mm. Because if it's tag team, then it's in a clear no, because I can't imagine any library using the word that, tag team That was team me editorializing. Title. Oh, okay. Well, you got to be clearer about these things. The Da Vinci Machiavelli Arno River Archive outside of Pisa. I'll go yes. Yeah, sure. Pisa's close to pizza, so I'm going to say no. Good. <laughs> That's a leaning tower. <laughs> Diane, what do you think? Can I'm we gonna... use that kind of reasoning for every answer going forward? Sure. I'm going to say no. That's no. That's no. That was well, I didn't know Claire would be here, but that was for her benefit because maybe she would remember when she was in my history class. We talked about it this week. <laughs> that's, that gives an, that's an unfair advantage. Did you know that Da Vinci and Machiavelli teamed up in 1503? They were both working for the Florentines who were having a fight with the Pisans, mm-hmm. and, and they decided they were going to steal the river, and they tried to divert the Arno River so that the Pisans couldn't have the water. Sounds like a good movie. They tried. They got like 2,000 people out there building a canal, and then they gave up because it wasn't working. The canal kept collapsing. Good. I just love the audacity. We're just going to steal your river. We're pissed off at you. You don't get water. (laughs) Okay. How about the Levinsky Garden Library, where books are organized by emotional responses? Emotional responses. It's not Dewey Decimal. No, it's not. Um, These these ones will make you sad. These ones will make you excited. These ones will make you hungry. Where is this? It's in Israel. I say yeah. There are a lot of libraries. I think I think a different organizational structure doesn't have to always be Dewey. I mean, Dewey's great. Don't get me wrong, but I think Dewey's great. Was Dewey a great person? He was a great. Okay, person. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I stick to what I said. I'm gonna go yes because I would like that. I feel yeah. like that's a really useful organizational system. I think so too. I agree. Yes. 
Ben? You got to say yes. Okay. Diane, what do you think? I'm going to say yes, too. It's yes. It's yes. Of I'm glad we all yes. are on board with that. Yeah. What a great system. Can Let's we do, do that? It. Like, set aside one section? I think that would be great. Happy section. I, I, it's but that's actually a legitimate idea. Taken. Okay. Well, maybe we can that, have an emotional range. browsing collection could be reorganized. Yes. Right. Hmm. All right. Does uh, Argentina's, uh, uh, do they have the Weapons of Mass Instruction Ford Falcon Library? Ooh, weapons of Mass Instruction. I don't, I don't. I don't like the the sound of that. I'm going to say no. WMIs. WMIs. I'm going to say no. What do you think out there? And I'm it goes also around going to go Ford no. Falcon. Oh, good Sounds one. Sounds no. Well, Gucci Mane's autobiography is being adapted into a movie by Paramount Pictures, so mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Diane? I'm really thrown off by the Ford Falcon reference, mm. so I don't think so. It's a yes. It's oh a my yes. God. Wait till we put a picture of this up. It looks pretty cool. Okay. Ford Falcon? Yeah, they made a Ford Falcon. It drives around. Wow. And they call it Weapons of Mass Instruction. All right, we only got one more. Okay. Uh, the Lafayette Lacide Seed Library. I knew what you were going to do this. <laughs> I, I think, yes. I think we have a seed library. Also, there's one in the Arctic down below What's something. that called? Andy, don't tell him. Is it, it? So it's actually real? It's not just a uh, movie? It's not in the Arctic, but it's real. Why, you why, can't, why, you why, can't go there. But why wouldn't it, it be get, in the Arctic? Didn't, get, didn't it get badly flooded really recently? It was flooded, but the seeds were okay. Oh, that's good. Just mm-hmm. everything grew. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> yes. The Lafayette Lacide Library exists, and it's fabulous. It's a yes for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess here and say yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben? No. No? Wow. Okay, Diane, what do you think? And I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to just share one very fast anecdote, and that is that I was just reading this afternoon about Lafayette's visit to Annapolis because there's to be a meeting there, and at one point when he was in Annapolis, he went out into the fields and gathered seeds to take home with him to France. I knew I liked him. Wow. He did a reverse Jefferson who smuggled seeds out of Paris. Come on, Jeff. (laughs) What is he doing? I, I call him Jeff, <laughs> just so we all know. Speaking of stealing seeds, Diane, do you prefer Fridays or Sundays? <laughs> um, I prefer Fridays. You prefer Fridays? I think so. Now, have you always preferred Fridays? I probably so. Yeah. Is it? What is it about? Oh. I used to not like Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm liking them better now. Sure. I've come to terms with them. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was what were you experiencing? It was just the idea that you had to return to yeah. work and school and the anticipation thing. Yeah, that's a correct answer. Friday, uh, you have the most distance, even though you're working. Yep. Um, and did you have a follow up? I did. What do you think about black licorice? I'm not a licorice. Fan. That's oh, that's the that, right answer. That's correct. Man, that's the right answer. You we like are back Fridays, on track. Okay. Black licorice. Okay. It's perfect. A perfect <laughs> correlation. Friday people don't like black licorice. That's just, is that's that just right? how it is. Sunday yeah. people do. That's our Sunday science. Do. That's our science. Wow. I know. We really. took a statistical um, range and mm-hmm. have now exaggerated it to a definitive quality. Yes. I think, are we good? I think we're good. Well, do you have any more questions? Dianch, did Dianch. the uh, interns, did we miss anything? I don't, I don't think so. I want to thank Diane <laughs> for being on the show. I want to let our listeners know that they can follow us on Twitter at some later date. They can follow us on Facebook. They can e- they can contribute to the mailbag and email us at variousbreadsandbutters at gmail.com if they have any questions, comments, or concerns. Um, Did you practice this? Yeah. And Diane, are you appearing anywhere um, in any any <laughs> chocolate? Yeah. Are, are you serious? I'm appearing in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Are you appearing in Fayetteville, North Carolina? At Fayetteville, Fayetteville State. What are you doing there? I'm talking about the Marquis de Lafayette and human rights and oh. slavery. I'm not going to promise that anyone is actually going to hear this to know, but I want to let people know you will be at Fayetteville State University. Wonderful. Is that any relation to Lafayette? Named named for him. And and actually the reason that I'm going is because there was some problems this summer when citizens of Fayetteville learned that Lafayette had owned slaves and he had owned them so he could free them, but it caused caused a huge kerfuffle. Are all Fayettevilles... They are. Name for Lafayette? They absolutely are. All the Lagranges, Lagrange, Georgia. That's all farewell tour naming. Wow. We learned. We we keep learning things. We snuck in more information right at the end. Oh, man. Just just, a sign off. We're all packed with information. Well, thank you again, Diana. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great having you. Thank you. Headphones off. off. We wanted to get a new comforter for our bed, and we really like the old one. It's from Ikea, but we don't know which one we got. We don't, like, have sort of a record of what we bought. 
And it would be nice if I could just say, hey, Ikea, what, what comfort did I buy so I can just buy a larger one of the same kind? But that, like that wasn't the test an case for why all these things happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the singularity. Yeah. This, I disagree, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, are you, like you disagree that I'm ready for the singularity? Yes. I'm I think if you sweaty. actually thought about it, you would not be ready for it. That's the only way he gets by. He doesn't think about it. And don't think about it. It's easy. You guys should try it. Don't worry about what you can't control. Exactly. Well, no, also, I, I, don't worry about what you can control. I worry about everything, things I can and can't control. But somehow the singularity is not one of those things that I worry about. As we as we talked about, I'm worried about leaving my garage door open. <laughs> so quite, do not have like not quite the singularity. The webcam of your computer. Uh, I don't have a webcam on my computer, but I, I see what you're saying. It's like now there's that meme about talking to the FBI man on the computer. Mm. I didn't see that one. Yeah, that meme Becoming, bothers just, me. Might as well become friends with them. Because Are there memes watching. that don't bother you? Well, yeah, a lot of memes don't bother me, but I don't like us being flippant about the state of our government surveillance. Like, mm. <laughs> why don't we just say, hey, I don't like this? Because of people like Simon who think, yeah, it's what easier. what are you going to do? Well, well, we uh, live in a no. democracy. In theory, you're going to tell your government, no. hey, I don't like being surveilled. You're, and then the FBI just takes you into custody. That's and you a pre-November 9th comment. Yes, Wait a second. that's fine. But we shouldn't be flippant, flippant about I've, it in I've our memes. A, I've got things to say because I'm an American now. Um, number one, surveillance society preceded uh, November 2016. There's been a lot of government surveillance oh, so before the, that. Because it precedes it, then the acceleration and exaggeration of it is just fine. Oh, no, I think it's bad. But I, I don't think we should attribute it to um, something that happened. I thought uh, you were going to call it a ago. terrible analogy that was. Uh, probably. Um, but the other thing is that what I was talking about was not government surveillance. It was private industry surveillance. Oh, and like they're completely different things. That's, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's okay with me if they know what shampoo I buy. Movie pass. Movie pass. Um, I guess they're not going to. That's what Mick Jagger was going on about in Satisfaction. Wait, are you upset with movie pass? Are you upset with um, them tracking my. Just the purchases. whole amount of surveillance that we really have no choice but to opt into, and the mm-hmm. fact that the Supreme Court's probably just going to let all of that be uh, easily accessible because they say, like, well, you've already signed it away to a corporation, so why not sign it away to a different corporation and tr- or to the government or well, to that, just anybody? Well, that argument win the day. What, what do you, yeah, it kind of looks like it. I don't know. Maybe use democratic methods to change the society in which we live in. Do your friends uh, agree? you talk about this with your cohort of juniors. A lot of them don't care. Isn't that it, though? Like, well, most people don't care. Yeah, that's exactly why we're in this situation, but I still don't like that. I know. Well, so you're getting at it, though. The way to get past it would be to find out ways to make people care. Yeah, and that's why I don't like the flippant memes that say, like, eh, why even bother? What a good point. Yes. Thank you. I try. Mm. Yes. Should I keep talking? Yeah. Okay. What should I talk about?